This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. This is Andriven enjoying 94.9's multicultural show with Mo and Hugh. Andriven represents peace and understanding in a multicultural GLBTIQ community. If you have any comments on the program or would like to ask any questions, you can contact us in the following ways. Andriven on Joy 94.9, SMS 0427JOY949 or email on air at joy.org.au. On today's show, we're going to be speaking to Austin. Austin's going to be talking to us today about his experiences with coming out twice and his journey of discovering his sexuality over the last 10 years and the role of spirituality and community involvement in that journey. Joy 94.9, this is On Driven with Mo and Hugh. And our guest today is Austin, who comes from Malaysia. Uh, welcome to the show, Austin. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, Austin, uh, let's start the show off by, um, traditionally, we get people to tell us a little bit of where they come from and, uh, and your background. So exactly where in Malaysia do you come from? Um, well, I, well, I came to Australia when I was uh, one, um, and uh, my parents, uh, I'm from, uh, m- my dad's from Johor, uh, which is towards uh, Singapore, and, and my mum is from KL. Um, okay. So, yeah. And how, well, why did your parents come to this country? Um, in a lot of ways, it was just uh, about setting up a better life uh, for the kids, I guess. Mm. Um, it was one of those things. Uh, both my parents had very successful careers in, in Malaysia. Um, but uh, I, I think for them, it was uh, really an opportunity to uh, give myself and my sister a, 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 a better mm. life um, and education. Yeah. Now, now, I mean, coming one year is, is quite young. Do you, do you still have much connection with Malaysia or do you still sort of identify with that, with that background and that culture? Um, yeah, I do. Um, I, I still see myself as being uh, Malaysian Chinese. Um, that, that is my cultural roots and that's my identity. Um, but certainly, I guess, having grown up in Australia, um, you know, I do also identify myself as being Australian. So mm. um, it is sort of like a dual identity and something that uh, has proven to be quite um, confusing, I guess, growing <laughs> up, um, mm. you know, being Malaysian Chinese, but um, particularly in my younger years, uh, having just mainly uh, mm. Anglo friends. So, did your parents try to bring you up as Malaysian Chinese 
in in learning the language and and traditional yeah look my um my parents were quite strict and uh my dad in particular he was uh a very very proud man um and he he's really proud of his cultural heritage and growing up um there was a rule in the house uh that uh, when we were at home we had to speak mandarin mm. um and you know at the time although it was uh you know i didn't particularly like that um something that i'm, I'm very grateful for today mm. to be able to speak another mm. language well being a, a first generation migrant is always uh, especially at such a young age is 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 always a a tough experience for a lot of people how how would you say um, going through that, a, a bit of uh, culture uh, uh, clashes between, between you know, I guess what would be the majority of your Anglo friends and then living in a house uh, where English wasn't spoken. Um, did, did that experience, I mean, what was that experience like for you and, and what impact did that have on your, on your identity and growing up in this country? Um, I, I guess when I was younger, it was something that, um, that I resented a lot, mm. I, I guess. Um, I felt always like I was a misfit um, amongst uh, friends, and you know, I came I came to Australia in uh, the mid '80s, and mm-hmm. I grew up in the southeastern suburbs, um, which wasn't particularly uh, multicultural back then. Mm. Um, you know, in today's times, uh, maybe may it maybe be a bit different um, because it's, it it is a lot more multicultural. But certainly, when I went through primary school and kindergarten. Um, you know, I didn't have very many um, friends uh, from different cultural backgrounds. The the first language obviously was Mandarin. Yes, and yep. English then became your second language. Yep. So when you were at primary school, for example, did you have a Chinese accent? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I, I would say I, I did um, because the, the only way I learnt uh, English was when I actually started schooling. Um, so when I actually started kindergarten and uh, moved into primary school, um, I, I couldn't really speak English. So your um, parents didn't teach you English? No, no, we, mm. we, we never spoke English in the household. So yeah. what about with the, um, the, the rise of Pauline Hanson sort of in the late 90s? You would have st- still been at school at that time. Yep. Did, uh, was that something that uh, you, you faced or did you feel or was it sort of, some, sort of something in the background? Of your kid, the kids you were at school with were probably too young to, to engage with that or, or did they? Um, Pauline Hanson... Uh, the rise of Pauline Hanson was probably when I was around um, grade six, okay. um, grade five, grade six. Um, look at at that stage, it didn't have a huge impact uh, on on me. Um, I think all my friends were too young to really mm. appreciate politics mm. um, at grade five, grade it's six. It's a great thing about kids. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Ignorance <laughs> is uh, is bliss. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a huge uh, impact on on myself uh, during that period. What about religion? Are your parents religious? No, uh, not, not at all. Um, and you know that that was something else that I I uh, struggled with a bit uh, going through school because uh, we did do religious education um, mm. through primary schooling, um, and uh, you know I I did have an interest in Christianity. Um, uh, n- not a real spiritual connection, but I think uh, I-, I thought it was pretty cool to to be <laughs> Christian because uh, we were learning it at school, and I had a few friends uh, that were that were Christian. Mm. Yeah. What about sports at school and activities? Were you involved in all of them? Um, yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, I I would say that you know I, I love sports now, um, but uh, it was probably 
when I moved into secondary school that I really started excelling in sports. Okay. Um, so, you know, I've, I've had to go playing playing footy. and. Did you find that as a, as a great way to make, I guess, uh, friends with, with the wider community? Yeah, I would say it is. I think uh, that, that's one of the great things about sports, that it, it, is, um, it is about building trust with other people it's mm. about working as a team it's it's a great way to socialize with with people um so certainly um you know i, I think uh playing sports is something that has uh, great social importance mm. as well what happens when when you were at school and you took schoolmates back to your house how, how did your parents react to them um it, it was never it was never much of an issue um Reason being is because I probably didn't bring that many <laughs> <laughs> that many school friends home. Um, I, I, I did go to my friend's place, but uh, mm. rarely did I ever really bring... Was that them. because your parents spoke Mandarin to you? Or? Yeah, I, I think um, uh, friends were always a little bit awkward walking into a household where they couldn't really engage with you know my parents mm. um, and often even when I had friends over on those rare occasions uh, we would be communicating in Mandarin so um, mm. I think it just created some some awkwardness there yeah mm. how good is your parents English um it, it, it is good now, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, after, you know, 20, 25 years, um, they, they can certainly communicate, but um, it's it's taken quite some time for yeah. them to, mm. to learn the language. Yeah. Okay, we'll come back to Austin's story very soon. And you're listening to Joy 94.9, Orange Ribbon with Hugh and Mo. Now, Austin, who's our guest today, let us know what the music was, the first track that we played. Uh, the first track that was played was uh, called Heavy Cross uh, by Gossip. Um, and the second track uh, was uh, White Knuckle Ride uh, by Jamiroquai. Okay. Why did you pick this music? Oh, look, I just think they're, they're very funky tracks. Um, Heavy Cross is a, is a classic. Um, it, it, uh, yeah, very funky beat. Uh, I love okay. that song. And Jamiroquai, um, I thought that that, that was a, a great song by by Jamiroquai, um, but it didn't get too much airtime when he released it last year. So, I so you I'd... decided to help him out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, awesome. we are talking about your story, and um, it's a fascinating story. And and thanks for sharing it with us. But um, now, this this uh, your your story is actually in two parts because you 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 came out twice. I and did. Yes. Which, yeah. which is which is um, probably one of the the interesting parts of it. Um, now, the, the first time you came out was at age 16. What was that like and what was the process that led you to, to do that? Um, I guess uh, at, at age 16, how I uh, came out uh, was actually through the internet. Um, I think during that time... Um, Dial-up? Uh, <laughs> it was dial-up, actually. <laughs> and um, it was through uh, gay.com. Um, and there was uh, chat rooms there and, uh, you know, I, I jumped on there um, and, and started making a few friends and, uh, you know, one day I just decided to catch up with them and, um, yeah, and they, they broadened my experiences into the gay world. So who did you actually come out to at 16? Um, you know, the, the funny thing with that is uh, I pretty much established a, um, a second life uh, during, during that that period so right. i established a whole new group of friends uh, outside of of school 
Um, and I guess the first time I came out, uh, I, I did tell my sister as well. Um, I was I was actually seeing someone uh, during that time and she noticed that I was always on the phone or was uh, absent from home. And um, So did she think you had a girlfriend? Uh she was she knew something was up mm. um she knew something was up and uh one day she she just approached me and asked me what was what was happening you know while i was being you know a bit strange around the house mm. and uh yeah and I, I came out to her um how did she react um look she she was shocked uh she was shocked and i was uh, i was quite traumatized by the whole experience as well because um i remember telling her the first time and i was uh, i was in tears um is she older or younger she's older okay. she's uh she's 3 years older than me um and uh when when i did tell her um i think at that stage i was so overcome with with shame um that uh you know i i really struggled to spit those words out mm. to her and did and you did, sorry, Mark. Did you know anyone at school who was gay? Um, no, I, I, no, no one was uh, publicly gay at school. Uh, certainly, there was always the uh, one or two kids that people uh, <laughs> made fun of and uh, made accusations that they were gay. And it, it did turn out that they 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 were gay, but um, mm. you know, uh, no one was ever openly. Um, gay at school. Yeah. What about that that conflict as well? I mean, in our in our first talk break, you, you spoke about your your parents as well, and uh, being from a you know very heavy heavy uh, Malay Chinese background. Yep. Uh, did you tinker with the idea of coming out to them at the at that time? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, not 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 at uh, age sixteen, and uh, I guess during that time it was really a, a period of. Uh, exploration and experimentation and uh, certainly I wouldn't say that age 16 I was fully grounded in my identity um, it was really quite um, a, a, an exciting period mm. of, of just you know uh, ex- exploring new things mm. but but do, do you have any regrets from that time um, do I have any regrets uh, I, I wouldn't say I do um, I I look back on that that period as as being a time when I uh, learnt quite a bit about myself, mm. and um, in some ways has uh, you know accelerated my coming out uh, the second time. Um, yeah. Mm. Okay, we'll come back to Austin's story very soon. Become a Joy member, so we can give you the best shows every day. Call one three hundred Joy nine four nine. On Driven on Joy 94.9 with Mo and Hugh. And our guest today is Austin, who has a Malaysian-Chinese background. Now, Austin, before the music break, um, we were talking... So actually, sorry, before we actually go into that, tell us what the music was. Uh, the song was called uh, The Face uh, by Kings of Leon. Um, again, no real reason why I picked it. Just just love the track. Just love um, the track. Great melody to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, as, as I was saying before the music break, we were talking about you coming out at the age of 16, which is quite brave for a 16-year-old. But two years later, you decided to go back into the closet. You know, why? Um, I guess uh, when I turned 18, I, I finished year 12. And uh, that was, to me, a, a milestone in my life. And I was really looking forward to starting this next period of my life going to university into a course that i really wanted to do um and i 
I, I guess I sort of went back into to the closet because of fear. Um, you know, at that stage, I don't think I fully uh, came to terms with what it meant to be gay, and there was still shame attached to that identity of mm. being gay. And um, I, in fear of judgment and uh, you know persecution, I, I wanted to go back in the closet. Most people, when they go to uni actually start to think about coming out mm. because they've got to that age where they, and they're going to university and they're probably going to meet a lot of other gays at university. Um, so I find it strange that you did reverse. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it was a combination of that fear. Um, I, I guess at that stage in my life, I still thought that there was something wrong with being gay. Um, and it wasn't something that, uh, you know, I was particularly proud of. Um, but, you know, I would also say at that stage of my life, at 18, I, I was still very confused. Um, you know, at that stage, I was attracted to men and I was also attracted to women as well. And I didn't want to, um, you know, pigeonhole myself going into into university. But do, do you think um, anything had, was there anything in your coming out experience between the age of 16 and 18 that, that wasn't, um, I guess, happy enough or, or wasn't, um, was unfortunate enough for you to then want to go back into the closet yes yeah absolutely um you know i would say that uh between 16 and 18 i probably went to places uh which i probably shouldn't have uh, at age <laughs> 16 um and you know i did i did uh, immerse myself in the scene uh, at that age and I think I identified the what it meant to be gay as as being the scene, and it wasn't necessarily something that I was uh, that I loved. It wasn't something that I saw myself living um, that sort of lifestyle, um, and you know, for those reasons, uh, you know, I was you know quite okay with actually going back into a closet. And you mentioned in the in the last talk topic that uh, when you came out the first time, you actually told your sister. Uh, now, did you go back to her again and say, actually, you know that, that thing I told you, uh, <laughs> it's actually not, it didn't happen anymore? You know, the funny thing is uh, with my sister, she, we don't talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she, she would never come to me and go, oh, hey, Austin, uh, how's that gay thing going for you? Mm. Um, so it was, it was never s- something that we sat down, had a DNM about. Um, so, you know, for her, she just saw it as a phase. She mm. saw me you know, being out on the scene. But then, you know, when I got into uni, she also saw me, um, you know, living a, a very hetero life during that Did period. you tell her when you decided to go back into the closet? Did you actually tell her you were doing this? No, no. It, it just, it was just never discussed. Um, I think for her um, and myself, we just thought, all right, um, you know, Austin's gone through that phase and now he's back he's over to it. the straight and narrow. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about the um, the first, you know, couple of months back in that closet, living a, I'm assuming you then had heterosexual relations and uh, and that, what was that experience like? Was it liberating? Was it, did you finally feel the doors of acceptance of wider society open to you? Uh, for me during that period, I think I, I, it just felt a lot more normal in in some ways um you know i i I was able to fit in with the masses um you know i I didn't stand out i wasn't different um so it it was it was yeah if i can ask you austin what happened to all the friends that you made Mm. when you between 16 and 18 yeah um you know i think previously you guys asked the question whether there's something that I regretted during that period. And I would say that's probably something I do regret. I did, when I decided to go back into the closet, I I did shut 
uh, those guys out of my life. Um, you know, the friends that mm. I made during that period, um, you know, I just ceased contact uh, with, with all of them. Um, did you have a boyfriend between 16 and 18? Yeah, I did, yeah. So what happened to the boyfriend? Uh, again, same thing again. You um, just shut them out? Yeah, you they... Uh, you know, I, when I decided to go back to closet, I was I was single again during that time, and uh, you know, we we when, when I did break up with them, we were on good terms. But when I went back to closet, um, yeah, I did shut them out of my life. Yeah. So, how was your life? How did you feel denying that you were gay? And mm. how how was life? Um, look, I I would say um, it it was good. It it, it was good. Um, you know, for me that period of my life was uh, really a period of, of a lot of self-development and achievement for myself. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't have any regrets at all about going back into the closet. Um, for, well, for me, I would also say, you know, at that point, identity was still such a grey uh, thing for me. Mm. Uh, I, I couldn't really firmly establish my identity uh, sexually. Do, yeah. do you think if you, if you hadn't come out at 16 in such a, a strong passionate way if you did actually come out say when you were 20 or or 21 that you would not have gone back into the closet or do you think that that was inevitable part of your coming out process that you needed to do it in two separate stages um i I think that was inevitable um Mm. you know i I look at my life now and uh i i don't have uh regrets about those decisions that i've made in terms of coming out and going back Mm. into a closet and ultimately coming out again um yeah i i I think it has made me a a much stronger person uh someone Mm. with um greater conviction about the choices i make in life and it's Mm. it's something that i'm I'm very happy with yeah Mm. okay we'll come back to austin's story very soon Join 94.9. This is On Driven with Mo and Hugh. And our guest today is Austin, who is Malaysian Chinese. Now, Austin, tell us who was singing. That was uh, Beyonce singing Irreplaceable in Spanish. Beyonce singing in, <laughs> in Spanish. And, I didn't uh, know she could sing in Spanish. No, I didn't either. <laughs> but uh, I picked that track because uh, I, I, I love Spanish. I think mm. it's such a sexy language. I tried learning it once and uh, dropped out uh, after my second Like class. many of us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think we've all been there. I did Spanish at school, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm not very good. Say <laughs> something to me in Spanish. No, I can't. <laughs> no. Now, now you, you were, we were in the middle of your, your story. You were telling us uh, that you'd, you'd come out when you were 16 and you went back in when you were, back in the closet when you were 18. Yep. Uh, fast forward to uh, when you were 24, 25, yep. uh, you've, you've decided to come out again. What, what set in motion the, uh, the decision that would uh, make you decide to come out of the closet seven years later? Um, I guess what uh, what really triggered it was, I think, uh, a sustained uh, feeling of inauthent- inauthenticity uh, okay. during that period. Um, again, it just it, it felt like I, I couldn't um, be who I was um, publicly, um, and uh, I think that did have an adverse effect on on my mental health during that that period of my life, um, and. Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, it just really culminated in this final. Because you said sorry, 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 because you said at the start that it was it was great, it was a fantastic experience to be back in the closet. Yep. So when did that sort of just dry out 
It's uh, it's interesting because uh, during university and the first uh, few years of finishing university and then getting a, a great job, I, w- I lived a, a extremely busy life. I, I was very hectic. Um, had a, a a very strong social life as well, particularly during university, and it, it just wasn't something that I really had much time during that those years back in the closet to to think about who I was. Um, and it wasn't until, um, you know, my, uh, after working for a few years um, and social life wasn't as hectic as it, as it was that, um, you know, there, there was these uh, re-emerging feelings uh, of, of emptiness. And In this time when you went back into the closet, as we say, yep. um, did you have a girlfriend? I did, I did have a girlfriend um, on and off um, during that period. I did, it never really lasted um, for very long periods. But, did you uh, feel you were living a lie or did you put that to the back of your mind? Um, yeah, in some ways I, I felt I was living a lie. Um, not because I was going out with a, with a girl, but I think because she never really knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't so much the act of going out with someone, but it just was that reservedness in the relationship where I could never really um, reveal myself um, to her, yeah. Okay, we'll come back to Austin's story very soon. And you're listening to Joy 94.9 Orange Ribbon, and we're uh, talking to Austin about his story of coming out uh, twice, and Austin is a uh, Malay-Chinese young man. And um, now, Austin, we're talking about your second coming out uh, what actually so how did you do that how did you do that the second time around uh, because you said the first time was on gay.com yep. uh, did you is there a new website or did no. you <laughs> <laughs> well actually there, there, there was new websites uh, it, was, uh, it was it was a whole new world I gotta say the world changed a lot uh, during that period when I went back in the closet um, Grinder emerged and, I, and certainly Grinder wasn't around when I was no. uh, when I was no. 16 um but I, I guess the second time coming out uh, was quite a, a prolonged period. It was um, over the course of six months where I had to, you know, uh, seek out some counselling during that period to uh, get some comfort and um, acceptance of, of who I was. The second time you came out, yes. who did you come out to? The second time I came out, uh, I uh, came out to my, my best friends um, and I picked uh, my coming out sequence strategically um you know i told uh you know my, my friend uh marie um i told my housemate and i told my my best mate uh vince and were they uh, all were they any of them gay or were they all straight? no they were all straight um so what was the reaction when you told them this well that's a funny thing because each time i, I told them uh, each of those people um they thought that something really bad happened um, and, you know, I remember telling Marie and she thought that, um, you know, I, I had an illegitimate child that I had to tell her about. <laughs> and when I told Vince, he, he thought, he literally thought that um, I committed a crime um, uh. and I had something really bad to tell him. Um, but it's really funny. I, I think about that, that coming out the second time. And I was in such a, uh, my frame of mind was like I was, it was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a reaction I tr- attracted. But really, looking back on it now, it, was, it, it should have been more of a celebration, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, now, the, the, the question, did, did you tell your sister again? I did, yes. 
I, I did. Uh, she, I did tell her the she, the second time. She, she cried the first time. What was her her sec- response the second time? Um, the second time. Look, she was. Um, what was her response? Look, she she wasn't surprised. I, I think she was quite um, indifferent towards that disclosure this mm. time round. Did mm. you ever consider telling your parents? Um, no, no. Um, it's something I would I would really like to do, um, and it's something that I think is inevitable. I think it will happen. Um, why Why haven't you told them so far? Um, look, I I think I think coming out for people is a is a very personal journey i mm. think it's uh there isn't a right time um or, or a wrong time but when it feels good for you to actually tell your parents um then you know th- that mm. would be the point that i i tell them but you know I, I would say at this point in my life um i don't i don't feel that uh you know i, I want to tell them in, Do, sorry mo no well i just what what is different between that time and now that that, that that first coming out and the second coming out could this turn to custard as well no i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. it won't um for for a number of reasons um you know i i am starting to to integrate my life a lot better um you know there there aren't these separate circle of friends um it, it is building an integrated life um you know i am uh quite involved in the community now as well so it is something that uh that is is Mm. Quite joyous for me. Um, yeah. Going back to your parents, yep. um, if they don't know that you're gay, are they going to expect a girlfriend or wife to come along one day? Or kids. Or kids <laughs> yeah. Look, um, I think uh, I think they they do in in some ways, um, and you know I think that's that's always going to be a conflict um, mm. for myself. Um, I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to work that out just yet. Um, but I would say what's, what's of critical importance for me at this stage is, um, is really being confident with, with my identity. And, you know, I do feel that I am reaching that stage and certainly I need to be a lot confident with it before I actually, you know, speak to my Mm. parents about it as well. Mm. Going back in the closet is actually not, uh, uh, you, I mean, it happens to a lot of people. Yep. Um, and I know a couple of people that have gone back in the closet as well. What What advice would you give to people to uh, in that situation, either um, that are coming out for the first time or or have gone back in the closet? Um, I would say um, uh, do it in your own time. And um, you know, I was back in the closet for seven years um, before I decided to come back out again. And um, had there been any pushes for me to come out earlier, I, I would have resented that, and I certainly wouldn't have have um, wanted to to do it any earlier. I think people know. I think um, you need to be uh, patient with yourself, and when you when you reach that stage where um, you feel that you're ready to come out, um, you know, think about the people that you you decide to tell first. Mm. I think that's very important. You know. Pick those friends that you know are unconditional in their friendship um, and non-judgmental, and you know it, it gets it gets easier from from there on. Had when you did come out the second time and you started telling your friends, did you get any bad responses from? No, I would I would say uh, to to this date I haven't had any uh, bad responses yet. 
Um, I've, I've moved past the point now of actually setting up one-on-one catch-ups with people to, <laughs> to break the news. Um, I would say that the, those who are most important to me in my life know um, when it comes to, to the friends. Um, and, yeah. Um, do, you, yeah. do you think if you'd known that they would have responded so well that you would have come out earlier or, or would not have gone back in the closet? Um. No, I, I, I still think that I probably will still stay in the closet. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't so much about acceptance from other people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was acceptance of myself. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. It was your own frame yeah. of mind. Yeah, basically. yeah. I think it was my frame yeah. of mind, which was important. Yeah. So, I mean, at one point, your parents, as we said, are going to question. So, how do you think they will take it when you finally get around to telling them? Um, I would like to believe that they will come around to it um look I, I think the reaction initially is going to be one of shock and um it's going to be very emotional for them um but you know i, I would like to hope that um that you know as their son that uh you know i, I am not a different person to who i was uh, growing up as mm. their son um I'm, I'm still the same person and i'm not defined by my sexuality um and you know they they still got the same son that they had yeah. um you know for the last 25 years yeah okay we'll come back to austin's story very soon joy 949 this is on driven with mo and hugh and our guest today is austin chinese malaysian background now austin let's move on away from coming out and going back in the closet and coming out the closet again um let's talk about the organizations that you're involved in Yep, so um, I'm uh, involved with the Victorian AIDS Council. Um, I'm one of the uh, peer education uh, facilitators there. Um, so running workshops uh, uh, in like young and gay and momentum and, and relationships. Um, and how, how's that, that volunteer experience been for you? Look, fa- fantastic. Um, I actually was a participant uh, in Young and Gay and, uh, you know, I think the work that the, the VAC does is absolutely wonderful. Um, and so, so are you full-time or just...? No, no, I, I volunteer after hours. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, after I, I did the course, um, you know, I, I went through... Um, training uh, with the VAC and uh, then moved on to become a, a facilitator for them. Oh, yeah. Very good. And what else? What are any other community organisations you're involved with? Yeah, I'm, I'm also uh, actively involved with uh, the Melbourne Spikers, uh, which is uh, a uh, volleyball group, um, which uh, we, we train every, every Tuesday night and uh, we go and play competitions uh, interstate and locally with, you know, other gay teams um and you know it that's been fantastic as well um and certainly for me like i, I used to play volleyball a lot uh, in school and now it's great to be able to play uh with the melbourne spikers and i actually went to my uh, first game last week my first training session and you it's did a, it's a fantastic <laughs> fantastic and you did very well mo i like right. to see you back there soon <laughs> <laughs> now victoria needs council just let's jump back a little bit um how important is it for volunteers to actually come forward and and join in with the groups there? Uh, look, I, I think it's uh, I think it's critical. Um, you know, I think um, the the program is run by by volunteers, um, and that's what I find quite quite surprising. You know, all the facilitators and all those workshops are offered by the VAC. A lot of those are staffed 
um, mm. by volunteers who, who give up their time. And, you know, I think about my own experience and, uh, you know, going through Young and Gay. I certainly Young and Gay played a role mm. in me coming out and they've been an incredible support for me. So the work that the volunteers do, they are uh, f- fantastic, yeah. Mm. Mm. Now, at the beginning of the show, you actually um, said that your family weren't religious. Yeah. But have you found religion? Um, I wouldn't say I found religion, but I've, I have found um, spirituality um, uh, for myself. And uh, I think spirituality for me um, was also part of the reason why I, I did come out. Um, I actually, uh, last year, at the start of last year, I, I did a Vipassana retreat, um, which is basically a, a, a silent meditation for, for 10 days. Um, and it was actually during that time that... Um, I, I really got some perspective on my life and um, really figured out what was important. And uh, Silent meditation for 10 days. Yes. So just t- take us through what happened. Um, so it's, uh, it's basically a, a retreat um, up uh, in, in the bushes. And um, during the, the 10 days that you're there, uh, you can't talk. Um, you don't, uh, you can't even show body language so there's no eye contact um the regime or, or the timetable is you you get up at four in the morning you meditate uh, you take a quick break you meditate um and you've got these periods of meditation throughout the day and then you're you're back in bed uh by 9 30 at night so <laughs> oh. and, and what about i mean spirituality and sexuality being together in your life side by side is that a is that a an healthy combination or an unhealthy combination? Yeah, well, for me, it's it's been uh, really important. I think um, you know I, I've I've read a lot about um, you know Buddhist philosophies and teachings, mm. and uh, you know one of the things about uh, Buddhism is is non judgment and something that that's been quite important for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I admire the people who are Buddhists. Um, I, I like the religion. And I like the way they have their little altars at home and mm. and put the offerings there and do you do this no no i don't um i think uh mm. i you know appreciate spiritualism through my everyday practice and, mm. and being conscious of the way i think i think that's mm. that's important for me. sounds good sounds yeah. good to me well thank you austin unfortunately we have come to the end of the show um but thank you for coming in today and um giving us your story and i'm sure there's the listener enjoyed hearing um, the different aspects of your life. No, thank you very much. It's been a, mm. been a real pleasure being on the show today. Well, that is on Driven for another week. Our thanks to Austin for coming in and chatting with us. Coming up next on Joy is Shah Power Show. Um, so stay tuned because it is a really great show. On Driven, we'll be back again at the same time, 4 o'clock next Saturday afternoon with more insights into our G- GLBTIQ community here in Australia and of course around the world from myself and our new presenter Mo (laughs) yes thanks it was a great great first episode Yeah. yeah great have a great week Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.